lets us know that. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against the powers, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Amen. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for another great getting up day that you have provided for us, Lord God. And we thank you for uh, such an awesome task, Lord God, you've given us just to live another day and to be able to carry on, Lord God, the walk of life that you will have us to walk. Thank you, Father God, for everyone that's seated here this morning. Thank you for your heavenly touch and waking us up once again. Father, we ask that you add grace to this word. Let it be sufficient for the hearers that are present. We thank you, praise you, and honor you even the more. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Once again, I just want to welcome everyone that is here. Amen. Thank you for waking up this morning and coming out. Amen. It was only by the help and grace of God, amen, that we are all are here. Amen. The scripture I just read is not the scripture for our scripture this morning for the message, but we're living in a time where there is a wrestling against, a wrestling with flesh and blood. Amen. I was sharing with two young men the other day. I said, you know, you don't have time to give your energy to somebody that is negative. And they sort of looked at me, and I said, uh, I'm going to do something different in my life, and I encourage you to do something different in your life as well. Amen. Our energy doesn't even belong to us. Our energy belongs to God. Amen. And so God, amen, is the one that's in control of our life. And if we let him take control of our life, Amen. We'll be better off day by day. Amen. The scripture you have heard this morning, read by Dr. Williams. Amen. Second Timothy. You can turn there if you would like to once again. Second Timothy, the first chapter, one through seven verses. One of the most ludicrous and absurd statements I've ever heard when someone said, a man is either crazy or he don't know what he is doing when he preaches and or reads from the book of Revelation. But I beg to differ because in the book of Revelations, it lets us know in Revelations 1 and 3. Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy 
and keep these things which are written in it, for the time is near. Amen. Who wouldn't want to read something like that? Who wouldn't want to even think about something like that? If you want to know that the time is near and what's coming, amen, you will want to read something that you can find hope in. Amen. So we come to 2 Timothy, the first chapter, 1 through 7 verses. And it reads, and I'll read from a different version. Amen. From Paul, Jesus Christ's missionary, sent out by God to tell men and women everywhere about eternal life he has promised through faith to Jesus Christ. To Timothy, my dear son, my God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord, shower you with his kindness and peace. How I thank God for you, Timothy, I pray for you every day. And many times during the long nights, I beg my God to bless you richly. He is my Father's God and mine, and my only purpose in life is to please him. How long to see you again, how I long to see you again, how happy I would be, for I remember your tears as we left each other. Paul had just been visited by Timothy in jail at that particular time. But it goes on to say, I know how much you trust the Lord, just as your mother Eunice and your grandmother Lois do. And I feel sure you are still trusting him as much as ever. This being so, I remind, I want to remind you to stir into the flame that strength and boldness that is in you, that entered into you when I laid my hands upon your head and blessed you. For the Holy Spirit, God's gift, does not want to you to be afraid of people, but to be wise and strong and to love and enjoy being with them. Paul, what an awesome man he was. He knew that his time was coming to a close on this earth. So he began to rally up strong leadership to take over after he was gone. So he comes upon a young man by the name of Timothy, and Timothy was one that was eager and ready to go. All Paul had to do was say, let's go. Amen? All he had to do was say, let's go. And Timothy was ready to go. Now, Timothy had been on Paul's missionary journeys, and he 
was groomed and he was made ready to receive his orders when they reached to the other side. And he was ready for the task at hand, but he had some things that he had to deal with. And if I would use for our subject this morning, I would use coming out of the seventh verse. God has not given us a spirit of fear. He has not given us a spirit of fear. Because of fear, the love of many have gone cold because most are resorting to hatred like never before. Because of fear, hate crimes and shootings continue to invade our most quieted neighborhoods. Murders are at an all-time high because of fear and retaliation. Fear is running rampant, causing most sane and insane men, women, boys, and girls to turn to suicide. And many other crimes which are only distractions if we let the enemy get to us, we will be on the losing side. We'll be on the losing side. Now, let me take for a moment to give you the bio of Timothy. Timothy was the product of a mixed marriage. His Greek Gentile father is not mentioned by name. Eunice, his Jewish grandmother, his mother, his Jewish mother, Eunice, and his grandmother, Lois, taught him the scriptures from the time he was a boy. When Paul picked Timothy as his successor, he realized this young man would be trying to convert Jews. So Paul circumcised Timothy, Acts 16 and 3. Paul also taught Timothy about church leadership, including the role of a deacon, the requirements of an elder, as well as many other important roles in the church. These things were recorded in Paul's letters First and Second Timothy. Timothy appeared to be intimidated by his youthfulness. Paul urged him in First Timothy 4 and 12, don't let anyone think less of you because you are young. Be an example to all the believers in what you say, in the way you live, in love, your faith, and purity. He also struggled to overcome fear. And being timid, again, Paul encouraged Timothy in 2 Timothy 1, 6-7. He says, this is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid hands on you. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, 
love and a sound mind. Amen. We know fear as being false evidence appearing real. But this morning I want to change that. And it is false evidence ain't appearing real. Amen. Are you with me this morning? False, false evidence that ain't appearing real, which means that something that has not even showed up, you simply thinking about it will surely and eventually rear its ugly head. Amen. A sound mind is what he's talking about. We'll get to that. Amen. Just a little bit later. In the face of opposition, opposition and persecution, Timothy was to carry out his ministry without fear or shame. Paul urged him to boldly use the gifts, preaching and teaching that the Holy Spirit had given him. Paul and Timothy were active in preaching and teaching the good news about Jesus Christ. Paul encouraged Timothy not only to carry the torch of truth, but also to train others, passing on to them the sound doctrine and enthusiasm for Christ's mission. Amen. Oh, if we could get some young people that we can transfer what we have in us to carry on the work. From what I see in over a broader perspective, broader spectrum is that there are only a few that are coming up. So we must grab a hold of them now and train them in the way they should go. Not only if not only when they are young, but when they get a little bit older. There's an increasing rate of our young ones graduating and are leaving and some come back and some do not come back. Amen. And I just want to give a shout out to Brother in our midst this morning. I won't call his name. But I see him showing up every now and then. Amen. He's living his life. He's going about his life. He's a young man. He has to find his way in life. But he is yet faithful, I believe. So that's what we must do. Continue to enreach and grab those that are coming behind us. We must see the gift that is in them, amen, and begin to pour into them and develop them so much so that they will come forth and be not fearful. Fear is one of the biggest culprits that there is that swallows up all of our young people. They leave, go out into the world, 
and they have no mentors, uh, no one to grab a hold of them and bring them back in once in a while and say, hey, I can see a gift in you. I can see that it's been hindered by something out there on the streets. I can tell that there is something God wants to do in your life and he wants to use you. And praise be to God, hopefully and prayerfully they won't be fearful to take on the task. Amen. That's what we need in this world today. I'm seeing only a few of our young ones that are coming up and they are being someone in God. I was talking to a young man the other day also and I told him, I said, you don't have to be a squeaky clean Christian in order to live for God. You just have to want the desire to live for God and when you develop that taste and desire to live for God, amen, your life will be blessed forever. Amen, that's where it's at. We cannot stand to lose them that are coming behind us because God has something for them. Something in store for them so much so that their life will be blessed and they'll stay on course. So that's what we find this morning that Paul took Timothy under his wings and he began to nurture him and mentor him and reason with him. And when Paul told him that, he went to the jail to see Paul. And Paul began to pour into him he began to pour into his life and begin to make his life better. For us to be free from the spirit of fear, we must have the power, which is in the Greek called dunamis, which is the which is synonymous, synonymous, excuse me, which is synonymous to dynamite. If we say we are Christians, we ought to be packing something called dunamis or dynamite. And you can tell when you're packing, when you approach the enemy or someone that does not have the spirit of God, they turn and go the other way. But thanks be to God for a thing called power. Amen. We have this power that in us, when we first believed, when we first came to Christ. Amen. I know this is not a hoop and holler message, but I'm going to give it to you straight this morning. For we wrestle not, as I forestated and read, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, blood, but against principalities, 
against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. In the word of God, it goes on to let us know in 1 John 4 and 18, there's no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear has torment. He that is he that feareth is not made perfect in love. Last but not least, we must have a sound mind, and a sound mind is we don't let lies infiltrate or penetrate our mind. And let me give you a few pointers on how to develop that sound mind. When you enter in your time of reading, studying, praying, and meditating, you develop a sound mind because you're not allowing anything from the outside to come in. That's why we have to get along with God sometimes and allow him to infiltrate our mind. There's a lot of stuff out in the world already, so we must prepare ourselves. The spirit of power, encouragement, and determination, the spirit of love for God will set us above the fear of things in this world. And without the spirit of a sound mind, we're often discouraged by the creatures of our own imagination. The spirit of a sound mind will help you to be more than a conqueror. Practicing the disciplines of silence before God will always serve you a sound mind. Moving forward from this day, here are several things to take with you. Fear is something that hasn't happened, is going to happen because you have planted in your mind it's going to happen. So the best thing to do is let it play out and then you can see. Pray and then watch it play out and then you can see, amen, what's coming. Fear is standing on the edge of hope. Fear is standing on the edge of hope. It's just like you go to a cliff and you look, you stand at the edge of the cliff and you're fearing that you might fall over. You're just right on the edge of hope. So take a step back. Amen. And let fear pass and go over the cliff. Faith is something that is good, is going to happen. Fear wants you to believe in the negative, but faith helps you to know the positive. Let me say that again. Fear wants you to believe in the negative, but faith helps you know the positive. Fear is always connected with negative and bad things most of the time. Fear makes you nervous. Fear makes you unstable. Fear makes you fall off your feet. 
when it should make you fall on your knees. It makes you shake, hurry, scurry, and worry. Giving you nothing to do but just stand right there and take a hit. Choose faith over fear. And in closing this morning, I'll give you another scripture. Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, if you have faith and not doubt, you shall not only do which is done to the fig tree, but also ye shall say to this mountain, Be thou removed and be cast into the sea, and it shall be done. And all things whatsoever you ask in prayer, believing, you shall receive. In closing this morning, remember as you continue your journey called life, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Amen. God has spoken. Let the church say amen.